From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 433. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's and Pen Chalet. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, wor- word on the street mm. is that there was a, a, a big package delivery at your house recently, yep. something you, you may have been waiting an extended period of time for. Yep. This you, this is the word I'm getting. The pigeon the pigeon carrier told me that the the delivery arrived. Yes, finally. Uh, <laughs> hey, settle down over there. Yeah, finally, I got the parcel that I was waiting for, which was the parcel from you. Mm-hmm. 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 The uh, the retro celebration parcel, which. You had never, I'd never sent you a prototype of the pen, right? So no, this it was is the first the time I got it. I'm first using it time. Today. All right. So, so what do you, what do you think about this pen that we designed? <laughs> I think everyone involved did a great job because mm-hmm. I think it's very fun. It looks really nice. Um, and I'm very pleased with the, the design. Uh, I think that the, I, I'm surprised by like how much detail, um, there is. In all mm-hmm. of this, including the fact that there's actually some silver, like there's quite a lot of silver ink in the pen, which I think is fun in the design. So mm-hmm. I like I I I don't I don't know if that came through in the images that I'd seen, especially in the prototype. So yeah, I think it's really really great. I'm very very happy with the design, and it feels like the good celebration that I was hoping it would be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm super happy with it. And the poster came out great as well. Like it's letterpress. It's nice. You know, it's, it's super quality. I've already gotten pictures of people framing them on their wall, which is cool Oh yeah. The poster is fantastic. It's so yeah. good. It's so, so it's good. So good. So good. Um, yeah, good. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you approve of the product that everyone else in the world has that, uh, mm-hmm. that you were, you were yet to have. Uh, did you know, Mike, I'm going to get in trouble here. Are you ready for me to get in trouble? Yeah. Uh, because I, I, I'm, I'm preempting future trouble, but there's already been one of these that sold on eBay and Retro 51 uh, sent me the, the link. Do you want to know for how much? Yeah. $500. You're kidding me was shocked again why like, would you I, do that like, who did people that? don't, <laughs> I don't know. it was a completed it was a completed sale like people don't even have all these in yet in their hands yet and i don't i i still I don't, don't have a problem with the seller i have a problem with the buyer <laughs> because surely the oh you'd only well i don't know if actually you probably wouldn't just buy it if you knew who we were right sure yeah you may not know it just may be like a retro 51 collector that doesn't know about us or whatever. Who yeah. knows? But I was, I was stunned. I was like, is that because I went after they sent me that link, I went and looked for it and it wasn't there. That meant that it was already completed. So I asked him again, I was like, wait, did that, well, that was actually a sold one for that price. And he was like, yeah, I was like, wow, it's crazy. That crazy. is really bananas. So yeah, good, good. You got the package. I'm, I'm glad it sailed right through customs with no charges and like no further issues for you. That was awesome, huh? No, of course I got charged customs <laughs> on something that I didn't pay any money for. <sighs> so I did something this time, not just for your package, but for all international packages with Kickstarter. Since you're supporting a campaign, I mark these as gifts, right? Yeah. Like not merchandise, because you didn't necessarily pay for the merchandise. You know, it's a it's a Kickstarter gray area, right? For yeah. for shipping, but I have no qualms shipping these 
internationally marked as gift, mm-hmm. which puts a, you know, it should give the parcel a pass, right? Because technically that means you didn't pay for the goods, um, but you still have to put, you know, you have to put in like small fees for that. How did you manage to get charged customs for this? This is what blows my mind. I don't, I'm, I'm guessing you don't know, like it just happened. No, the, 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 what they've done is, I mean, this is what's so annoying to me. Like they... They look at the insured value and they charge me customs on the insured value, which doesn't seem correct to me. Like, what's the insured value? I it was like thirty dollars or something. Like uh, crazy cheap. No, I, I think it know. was more than that. I think you I put, had to put it in, in the like, hundreds. No, absolutely not. Well, I don't still have the. I don't still have the box. But there was an insured value, right, on the on the sure. parcel, and that mm. might be the. Uh, you know what it might have been like a standard insured value based on the. Um, method of postage or something that could be possible but that i just find it so annoying because like i'm <laughs> it wasn't just handling like i also paid taxes and i just it just is it feels like a joke to me because i, I didn't give you any money for like me specifically i gave you no right. money right for this um so just you sending me a gift which is a lot of this is is actually just a gift from you yeah uh, i like other things in the it. box yeah yeah, like I gave you, like there was a couple more pins in there. I gave you some stuff from um, listeners that had mailed that I needed to send you. And I stuff paid like that. eleven pounds in import VAT and a twelve pound clearance fee. That's insane. Yep, that's crazy. Yep, for something you literally did not pay for any of. No, where no money changed hands between the two yeah. of us. Wow. Yeah. Damn, so that, Mati is saying in the chat that there's like built-in insurance. So I reckon mm. that that's what I was charged on. But I sure. I and just because something is worth something doesn't mean that you know I it's so annoying. It's so annoying. I hate it. <laughs> I really hate it. I have no problem paying taxes, right? And sure. like when I do a lot a lot of stuff that I buy from overseas, uh I have no problem paying the tax on it. The handling yeah, you, fee gets me annoyed sometimes because I don't know why it requires that amount of money like mm-hmm. i wouldn't have paid it in anyway but like whatever so like but you, you know, know you usually know ahead of time like yeah. i'm assuming i'm gonna get hit for something if i'm ordering it from out and of also, the country and... you know me buying it from overseas it is cheaper than if it was something i bought here because there isn't any mm-hmm. tax on it so like you know you just like right well i know i'm gonna pay the tax on it but then there are times like this where it's it's just i shouldn't have had to pay it was incorrect so yeah yeah so well at least you got the package everything that was supposed to be in it's in it and uh we can now move on with the rest of the show right we're all good no because you forgot some stuff again what so that's not possible you included in uh, quite a few extras in this package so Mm -hmm. one there were there were two Retro 51 celebrations in my package which I was not expecting so Mm -hmm. one which I will keep closed is my one number two Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm I'm actually not going to open it. And then you also sent me number 807, which mm-hmm. is one I'm using today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got my bump I, in the night, Retro 51, that you procured nice. for me. Nice. Nice. Uh, I really like the new stickers. Yep. They're bananas. They hurt my eyes. I don't know how you do that from a sticker. You sent me, there was a, a lovely letter, which I need to go through in more detail. I've just skimmed that so far from uh, mm-hmm. from a wonderful listener. Yep. You sent me two of your great Karen Dash pens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did not send me the spoke roadie 
that you had agreed you would send me. Son of a... And also, we had a conversation about you procuring some Califolio Andronopal for me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I like that you immediately remembered Mm. both things. So it wasn't one of those situations where, like, I was expecting something that you were just not aware of. So... I'm okay, not upset so- at you. I was expecting mm. it. Uh, I'm actually kind of happy that you did forget something because then I get to needle you over it. Yeah. Which spoke roadie color did you want? That's what I don't remember. Was uh, it Gecko? I need to look at them now and then I'll remember. The only one that would come to mind was Gecko, which we're sold out of, which is maybe I think why it might have been Gecko. Yeah. That's, so that's why I didn't send you that. No, it's not why. Mm, that wasn't why could be. You, you, could the be. reason you did do it is because you forgot because like <laughs> i i would have asked for it before it was sold out surely mm, possibly but you know why would i send you one for free if i can sell it you know yeah no i think that that's a very i i thoroughly agree with that secondly mm-hmm. califolio andronopal you can get it cult pins for like mega cheap i said all of this but you were like don't worry i've got an order i need to make and i'll just get you mm. some yeah that didn't happen no but now I will go to Colt Pens and get it for myself. <sighs> so vaguely it sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now Colt Pens doesn't have Califolio. Uh, they did when we were talking about it because everyone emailed me afterwards like, just tell Mike to order from Colt Pens. Oh, here it is. For some reason it didn't come up when I searched Califolio. Yeah, probably you spelled it wrong. Yeah, I think I spelled it with one L. So there we go. I'll make that order later on today. All right. So you got the ma- majority of the things. Vast majority. That I and owed some you. extras. So you came out ahead. You know, I sent you those extra pins, like the extra celebration and the extra um, 849s. I thought maybe you'd have one for you, one for Adina, but mm-hmm. apparently it didn't go that well for her. The the 849s, yes. Uh, but the <laughs> celebration, no. I want to keep that. I want to keep mine all yeah. sealed up. That just yeah. feels like the right thing to do for me. Yeah, it's for eBay later. Yeah, so I can sell it for seven hundred pounds on eBay. Right. So if I mean, number it's, two it's pops 002. up, you'll know it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's been stolen. <laughs> someone, someone broke in and stole just that pen. <laughs> yeah. Well, currently yep. it's one of the most valuable things in this office. Yeah. True. Those kind of prices. Right. Yeah, the retro fifty one market's pretty crazy. It's, it's. I still don't know what's going on with them for the rest of the year or in the future. Like, no clue. So, who knows? All right. Um, I guess that's a good lead into our business topic with mm-hmm. Retro 51. We don't know what they're doing. And this is going to be a very kind of businessy, stationary businessy heavy episode because there were a couple of emails that I received and some notes that I received from other people. You know, did you see this? You're going to talk about this. You know, what's going on? And there, there's kind of like three or four separate topics I want to okay. hit um, just on the business of stationary. And we can talk about how you know, what we do and, and how it relates. Um, because I find all this stuff interesting. So the first one, I, th- I think it's the biggest one. It's from CW Pencil. So Caroline Weaver put out a huge blog post and an email. Um, the, the title is Big Changes Ahead. The short version, it, it's a very long and detailed email, which we're going to get into some of it. But I want to read um, one specific little section, if you will allow me, and then use that as as the jumping off point. So just bear with me for a second here. Mm-hmm. So this is again from from Caroline Reaver. This is her her writing. Six years ago when I first put our website online, I had the goal of opening a shop that specializes only 
in pencils, emphasis hers. The products on the website were extremely edited and carefully selected through the lens of a person who wanted to convince New York City that pencils are indeed an object that deserves more appreciation. Since then, we've moved to a bigger shop, multiplied the number of products we offer, and navigated our way through a global pandemic so far. The thing is, I don't feel like I need to convince anyone of anything anymore. And as I spent months working alone in my shop this spring, just trying to figure out how to save my business, I realized that since this website went live in November 2014, the thing that had become most important to me in my business over the past six years is not the concept itself, but the community built around it. So there's a lot to unpack. Mm-hmm. And this is that is like a hundred words in an 800 word blog post, right? There's, but that I think gives you the gist of what's going on here. So, you know, Caroline, what CWP started as was like a pencil specific shop. Like that was our go-to pencil shop, right? That's what they carried. They carried pencils. They did it very well. Caroline and her staff curated it perfectly. And it was beloved, right? Or it is beloved. I shouldn't, there's no was. It is beloved. Um, You know, we have obviously met Caroline. We've been to the shop. Um, You know, my thoughts on, on how she does her work and how, you know, she, she presents the store and, and, and everything Like I think she, she does great. And, you know, reading this, a couple of things. One, this last year has been a bear. You know, that's me reading between the lines. And that goes for all of us, especially us in the stationary industry and especially us in the niche stationary industry. You know, Mm. you know, I've had we've struggled with knock, you know, over the past year or two, just trying to get things right. You know, this is hard to do correctly. Right. And especially Caroline with a physical storefront in a city like New York, you can just imagine. And then having to rely on a lot of tourism to sustain the physical storefront Mm. so i find it all interesting um you know about that and the challenges but what she gets to here at the end where she mentions the most important part is the community built around the shop that's the most important thing to me when dealing as a business myself you know, whether it's Pen Attic, Knox, Spoke Pen, whether it's working with other companies, you know, and choosing who I work with, is that they are mainly community focused, but that's not something you necessarily see like visually. Like we don't say we're community focused. It's how we act and how we present ourselves and how we approach our customer service and how we do our marketing. And you the respect towards the customer is paramount so that's going to allow caroline to fully reboot what cw pencil enterprise is into a more local office supply shop first and foremost and you can read all of this in her explanations in this wonderful blog post that we'll link in the show notes Mm -hmm. to build a place for the needs of the neighborhood around her and the city, right? To build an office supply destination for the people locally that need her. So it's number one, not so heavily heavily reliant on tourists and number two, not so heavily reliant on what's really, I don't want to say a small margin product, but a low sales product and a single pencil, right? 
if it's, if you go in there and buy even a handful of single pencils, what are you you're getting out there? You know, for twelve or fifteen dollars, which is great. Like you feel awesome about your purchase, and like you know they've made. You can't sustain on lots of you know five dollar profits throughout the day in in New York City, right? So no. there is a bigger opportunity to broaden the office of spl- office supply space and destination for office supplies for well, local at, at businesses. At a time when, especially in a city like New York. Uh, People need to get their own office supplies more than they ever did before now, because right. our homes have become our offices for many people. Right. So she's going to use her experience in curating CW pencils to do that for a broader base of goods and have a focus on you know local, you know smaller businesses, transparent businesses, sustainable businesses, eth- ethical businesses, and pulling in these type of goods and then hopefully, you know, bring in a wider local commitment to the, sh- to help the shop yeah. and then still have this great online business that she has. So there's a huge amount of changes that, that come into that and she's working through those. And, uh, I just could not appreciate a post like this more. And we're going to talk about several other options like this in throughout this show. Like I have other things I want to talk about. But I just wanted to shine a light on this, going back to her community statement and her transparent statement. Like, I I am very adamant in my stance on transparency with businesses I work with. And for them to come out, for Caroline to come out and say, like, this is, like, the challenges that we've had. This is, you know, why we've had problems. Here's the changes we're going to make. And here's what we're trying to do in the future. That builds community around a product. That's something that the community can get behind that have supported CWP in the past. And it makes you want to support them in the future where companies that are not that way and hide behind marketing and hide behind, you know, obfuscation. It's harder to support them wholeheartedly when you don't feel like you're part of the business and you don't have the commitment from the owner that they're putting the customer first. And that's what I see with Caroline. That's the way Caroline's always been. So I just appreciate this type of thing. And this is how I tried to, to run anything that I do with just a hundred percent transparency and openness because while you know, these ideas may not be the most profitable. I think they're going to be the most sustainable. If you build that customer base, that's going to return because they believe in you, not necessarily the product, right? They believe in the person behind the product. And I think that's the most sustainable uh, form of business, but it doesn't mean there's not challenges and there's not growing pains, but that gives you the opportunity like CWP has to make this pivot. And I I am convinced it'll be successful. I just I just know it is, but it's not going to be without challenges and it's not going to be without the need of support from the community that Caroline's built over the years and I I just look forward to seeing what she's going to do in uh in the future with this and the continuation of the open transparent conversation that she's having with all of her supporters. So uh, I thought it was very well done. Yeah, I one, I wonder if uh, Caroline will rebrand. I wonder if that is in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think that in a parallel un so I think that this the, the idea of of going from expanding from just pencils to all types of stationery and general office supplies is a very logical next step for Caroline and her business. Mm-hmm. One that you could imagine she would have eventually made because people want to grow. Right, mm-hmm. and this is a growth. I would imagine in a parallel universe, she would have opened a second store. Right, not in that parallel universe, and business is is trickier to manage a little bit right now. Right, so like mm-hmm. I could have imagined a world where, like, if the pandemic wouldn't have happened, maybe in a year or two, she might have been like, "I want a second location, and I want it to be a general office supply store." Right, right. but this time she's she's she has decided like, no, I'm going to take what we are good at. And apply it to a wider field, and like I know that, like for me personally, like I will be even more interested in CWP because of the fact that, like, I like pencils, but I'm not big on pencils. But I always really appreciate the team and their ability to curate. Mm-hmm. So taking that superpower and applying it to a wider space is very intriguing to me yeah i think that i think that's the right word like it's it's interesting to me like mm-hmm. to see what they can do because i already believe in them wholeheartedly as it is mm-hmm. and now you're gonna um you know mix it up because you you not because you want to but honestly because you need to you know to survive and I already have the utmost faith faith in them to begin with so to be able to see what they do next uh is going to be cool so one of the bits of fallout from the changes is their pencil box subscription is is being discontinued. Right. And this kind of segues into the next topic that I want to talk about is just subscription services in general and stationary subscription services. Over the years, like you and I have subscribed and unsubscribed and resubscribed to plenty of mm-hmm. of stationary su- subscription services and I in general I think it's a great idea, right? But I had wound myself down to subscriptions. This was my last remaining stationary subscription, right? Right. Like I no longer subscribe to Field Notes or Blackwing. And we're going to get into that in a minute. But the CW Pencil Box was a cool one for me because it allowed for discovery. So I got to thinking about, you know, why do I or don't I subscribe to some of these popular services and and who does it well and who does it right? And I was just trying to think big pictures, like what makes these services successful and what makes them, you know, I don't want to say fail, but what makes them like be discontinued or have yeah. to be stopped or change. Um, yeah, or change, you know, just in, in the general sense, it is an extremely difficult thing to do. Again, like... That's going to be the common theme of this show today is business is hard. (laughs) So any subscription service, man, what a challenge that has to be to come up with a new product every month, every quarter, every six months, every year, however you do it. It doesn't matter what the time frame is. Blindly give you money for and you must delight them every time. Every time, whatever your date is, (laughs) every time. And the stress of that would freak me out like i could never be uh, like a subscription person like i would just be in anxiety attacks like all the time just trying to fulfill those needs all right um let's let's put a pen pen in this for a second because there's more talk uh to have there but i want to take our first break okay Um, sure 
This episode is brought to you by Pen Chalet. They sell authentic, amazing rollerballs and fountain pens, ballpoints and mechanical pencils, and so much more from your favorite brands. Pen Chalet are always adding new products to the site, and they're also running special deals very, very frequently indeed. Every couple of weeks, you're going to find new deals at Pen Chalet, as well as new products. They also sell accessories. So if you need a carrying case or you want some refills or some ink, Maybe you need some converters. Maybe you need some general stationary items. Go to Pen Chalet because they do uh, great prices and they give a satisfaction guarantee. 100% is what they guarantee. They want you to be happy with the products that you buy. If you are in the U.S., they do free shipping on orders of over $50, and they have great and fast shipping for overseas orders as well. So go to penchalet.com, P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com and click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password penaddict for this week's special offer and to get the code that you need to save 10% on anything at any time on Pen Chalet. Now, Brad, what do we have as a special offer from our friend Ron at Pen Chalet this time? There's two sneaky things in here. Nice. Number one, the Diplomat Traveler fountain pens. So... We talk a lot about the Diplomat Arrow and how great that pen is. And that's what kind of put Diplomat as a brand on everyone's radar. But their entry-level pricing pens mm. have gotten rave reviews. And this is like the one-up from the base entry-level pen. So this is the, the Diplomat Traveler. And it's in this uh, cool, like, flamed finish um, barrel. And it's a thinner profile than the Arrow. And it gets rave reviews. And it's like half off of what it normally is so like if you're you know kind of figuring things out for as far as fountain pen gets go um that's a great one oh one i missed here the the cross townsend rollerball is always a good choice it's a it's a classic good gift pen design yeah that everyone's gonna like and this is like a crazy price off of the msrp and it's a really sharp looking pin. But the one that I that was snuck down here mm. and uh jumped out to me is the Monteverde Engage One Touch Ink Ball rollerball pin. Do you know what this pin is, Mike? Is this the one where you can fill it with fountain pen ink? Ding ding ding. There we have go. a winner. This is a very cool pin. This is a hard thing to get right. Pins that you try to be a rollerball pin to use with fountain pen ink. This is one that does it well. This is the one that gets recommended a lot. Yep. There's a few different colors of this, including like a, a gradient rainbow and an all black and then like a transparent one. So it's basically a rollerball with a converter in it. So you can use your fountain uh, fountain pen inks in it. And um, this is, uh, Ron snuck that one in there. And I think this well, one's going to do very I well. I think that the there's, a, there's an, a very, very good price on a Pelican M120, which is just mm, above it. Um, mm-hmm. And the M120 is a, a shape of Pelican that I'm not personally that familiar with. It's actually mm-hmm. um, shaped a little bit more like a Sailor 1911. Yeah, it's more of their retro throwback type mm-hmm. of design. It's not a current line. Uh, that they've done a special edition on. It's a bringing back something from the past shape that's not as part of their regular product lineup. So those always do well. So they're great. All right, if you want to go and get your hands on these special deals, just go to penchalet.com. That's P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com. Click the link at the top of the website for it says podcast and enter the password penaddict. Our thanks to Penchalet for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. 
So back on the subscription services, I think there's a couple in, I'm just talking really in our realm in the stationary mm-hmm. world because there's a lot of options. I think there's two or three subscriptions that get it really right and you can tell because they've been around a long time. Obviously, Field Notes. They do one the thing. Lasta. Yeah. They're the OG, yeah. right? When it comes to stationary subscriptions, they are yep. the OG. Uh, yep. They innovated... Um, Many of these other services have emulated what Field Notes have done, mm-hmm. and companies will continue to do it in this space forever because not only did Field Notes like create this idea uh, in this space, they continue to execute at a very, very high level. Right. And to me, it's the epitome of the doing one thing and doing one thing well, right? Even yeah, though it's different every quarter. Not just but well. It's, right. It's not just well. It is premium like it is the best service blackwing falls right in line with field notes using the field notes format um you know it's identical right Mm -hmm. in the idea of what a subscription service should be using that framework that field notes built and you know it's a great product and it's no doubt yeah blackwing successful are one of the very few companies that have taken the field notes model and actually lived up to it yes not everyone can do it. No, because <laughs> it's really the, hard. That's why. It's not that yeah. people are not up to it, right? Yeah. It's that this, this is a, such an incredibly difficult proposition. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then um, I think Art Snacks does it extremely well. And that's yes. more of a discovery base. Yeah, this is more of your, like typical curation box yes. like how you would see in different worlds like in the makeup world and science and tech communities and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff right this is yeah. it is a another example of a subscription thing but it's totally different in the sense that like right. blackwing and field notes they are making the products they are coming up with the ideas they mm-hmm. are producing the products they're sourcing them and they're shipping them they have to come up with the whole story around them where for something like art snacks which is a t- more typical subscription box they come mm-hmm. up with the idea and then curate and source the products to go in an edition Difficult in its own right, but different. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they've been one of the few that's been able to curate the right products. They've been able to get the quality, the delightfulness, and the usability. I can't even fathom the logistical nightmare of pulling together 12 (laughs) items or like say 6 to 12 items from 6 to 12 different places at the same time. Yep, every month. I think yeah. it's monthly still. I, I'm not so I'm it no longer sub, I'm no longer a subscriber to anything. You know, Field Notes. I it doesn't mean I don't love them. I just don't use the pocket notebooks as much. Blackwing. I have too many pencils, and I'm fine just buying the one off stuff mm-hmm. that I that I've seen. Like I've bought two dozen Blackwing pencils for the first time in like a year. And then Art Snacks. There was actually too much art for me right when it starts including like acrylic paints and paintbrushes and things like which is the focus of the box right there's lots of markers and pencils and erasers and cool things that i love but it got to be more stuff that just didn't fit for me but that doesn't mean it's not great so i think it's that it's really kind of these three main ones there's lots of other subscriptions that have come and gone there's some that are active right now and um I just feel that that's kind of the best. And then this whole topic hit not only because CW Pencil was discontinuing my last remaining sub, my favorite box, 
I got an email from TI2Design, whose pens I love and have consistently loved, and who Mike has been a good friend over the years to, to myself and to us at Spoke Design. And he's come out with a new club, and it's the Pen of the Month Club. And mm. this is a different category, I yep. think, than the subscriptions. This, this is uh, more. This is an aficionado super fan club, right? This is more like a Patreon. Yeah. So there is a um, a mug maker that I like. His name is Brian Giniuski. And he makes mugs. His company is called Drippy Pots. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may have seen <laughs> these great. online. And he has a Patreon campaign, which has a, a a limited amount of people that can subscribe to it. I think mm-hmm. where he will make you and ship you a mug every month, mm-hmm. right? So like this, and that is if like you are a big fan and you just want loads of their products, and you'll take a new product every month. Uh, and that's your thing, right? Like, so this this is the same with the TI2 design. It feels much more like I am the biggest fan of this brand right. and, and will just take whatever they make me. Yep. It's slightly different than, than what we're looking at with the, the other. And, and I think part of the reason is it's a scale thing, mm-hmm. right? Where like if Field Notes did this today what they do, we would call it this. Yes. Right? But yeah. like if TI2 designs scale up to the point where they're selling 20,000 of these pens uh, <laughs> every month, right? Which who knows, right? The, the, who knows yeah. what the world can give you? Then we would, wouldn't call it that. But right, we will naturally assume that these are probably quite small numbers. I believe that there is limited slots. So this definitely has more of that like super fan feeling Mm -hmm. to it yeah which i like equally as you know all of these other things like if you're a ti2 design super fan i i would sign up immediately i think kara's customs does something similar or at least has some type of of club type of aspect um as well so it's cool to see these brands being able to commit to to a pen of the month club which honestly blows my mind i mean mike bond is crazy prolific as it is so it it doesn't surprise me that he um wants to give this a shot um but you know it's also probably an over a hundred dollar commitment every month for a pen you don't get to see ahead of time which is like scary if you're not into ti2 design but perfect if you are right it's like sign me up today right so Mm -hmm. i i think it's it's pretty cool so all of these things kind of get kind of got my got my wheels turning a little bit not that i have any more to say about these topics but i think it's always cool to to think about the subscription services as part of businesses you know where the cw pencil box was a subset of the business where field notes, it is the business, right? I mean, they have retail, you know, where they just send the extra notebooks to retail partners yeah, retail and black retail partners. It's a way but, to uh, get rid of the stuff that didn't sell. Right. You know, yeah, but it's kind of their primary, I guess mm-hmm. Blackwing, It's not really their primary, but like field notes. It is where 
CW pencils, it was, you know, it was down the list of things that were important to them. So it's not a surprise that this eventually, you know, had to, to head to the chopping block, especially as they transitioned. So, and then right at the same time, I'm thinking about this, I get the TI2 design mail. I'm kind of like blowing my mind. <laughs> it's like, do I need something like this? I don't, I'm definitely not subscribing. Um, but it's cool. I, I like it. So there you go. That's my, uh, it's my treatise on subscription services. It's very hard. <laughs> All of yeah, this is no, very no. hard. All right, Mike. We're going to stay on the main topic, and we're going to talk about another item in the stationary business world that I got an email on. I actually got forwarded this from a reader because I'm not on all the mailing lists. Like, there's a lot of mailing lists. I love mailing lists. I'm a fan of mailing lists. I subscribe to a lot. I don't subscribe to a lot. So Mm -hmm. sometimes I get forwarded things. And this one, I got forwarded from Galen Leather. And this is more of the transparency aspect, how to run a business aspect. Like we talked about the Masubi email. Like I love talking about these things because I'm involved in running a business. You're involved in running a business. And I appreciate when companies see a problem and attack it head on. So let me, I'm this, I am actually going to read this entire email, Mike. It's not that long, but I think the whole thing needs to be read um, so we can discuss it. So here you go. So this is this is from uh, uh, Yusuf at, at Galen Leather, the owner. So it says, as you know, as being part of a commercial business, we are part of a pen and paper community. There's that word again. Maybe this is not a written rule, but we believe in our community transparency, honesty, and integrity, integrity coming first. We would like to inform you about elastic issues that reported first quarter of this year. So if you if for those who are unaware. Um, Galen Leather's based in Turkey. English is not Yusuf's first language. So just bear with me as I go through this. He's done a fantastic job at putting this together and explaining the situation. So he says, what happened? In March, a user reported that one of our pen cases, Elastic, stained her Lamy and Pilot MR pens on social media. Actually, we were shocked by this news. We have been in pen case business in the last for the last eight years. Before a public statement, we decided to make an investigation once we contacted the user to understand the issue. We discussed with our elastic supplier about, about the possibilities. They point out that the problem may only be due to moisture, wet hands, etc. Then we started to make a detailed test with a wide range of pens, different brands, materials from ABS plastic, acrylics, celluloids, copper, modern pens, vintage pens, from $10 pens to $1,000 pens, light colors and dark colors. It took six months to complete our own tests. Finally, we can't see any stain, discoloration, problems on the pens. So I, there's, there's more I'm going to read, but just to recap, they had a problem or saw a problem from a customer who shared it on social media. They went through the work of trying to figure out what the problem is. They ran their own test over a six month period of time to figure out what the problem is. And so far I haven't come up with anything. So now I'm going to continue the continue the mail. There are many different situations in daily use. Sometimes we touch our pens with moist or creamy hands. Maybe apply disinfectant during the pandemic season. Sometimes pen holders can be exposed to the sun and the outside. We can even write when we are by the sea. To eliminate all these risks, we decided to produce our own elastics some times ago. Our new elastics produced of only cotton and rubber are more softer and safer. They are more resistant to possible problems and not dyed. It is only woven 
from the thread of the same color as the pen case. As we mentioned in particular, we could not detect an important problem with our previous elastics. We only made this change as a precaution to the problems caused by different usage patterns in daily use. We're always grateful for your support and understanding. Thank you, Galen team. I'm kind of taken aback by this whole thing. A little above and beyond feeling, really. Honestly, it is. Mm. That's why. Because I think this is superior, right? This is what you want to hear. Okay, a customer reported a problem. Let's try to figure out why that happened. Um, We can't figure out why. Look, we did six months of tests. We ran every combination of elastic with every combination of pin. And we couldn't repeat what's happened most companies would have just stopped there but they said well just to and you know give everyone peace of mind we're gonna make our own elastics you know with another partner where we can guarantee that this thing that didn't happen probably will never happen Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's kind of mind-blowing what they did here i think it's fantastic i i just wanted to like galen's again to be clear yusuf's a good friend of mine um, I support Galen Leather wholeheartedly, you know, but I I like to think, you know, with my level of transparency that like I will call it as it is. If one of my friends does something bad, I'm going to say it equally as praise them when they do something good. But this caught me as such a, an outlier, Mike, that you, you just don't see this, right? This felt this was just kind of a cool thing to to see like. I don't know in in how they ha- how they chose to handle a problem because this is not the first time that they've had production issues like um do you remember the warping issue on their writing box like they had many many issues getting that problem solved and um you know they've always been good to handle it so I just wanted to point this out as small business owner looking mm-hmm. at other small businesses the way they handle the customers you know, during problems, like tells you a lot mm-hmm. about how how businesses are run. And I'm prideful in how I handle things. Am I always right? No. But do I try you know, my best, you know, to, to do the right thing by the customer? Always. And when you see someone like Galen Leather or CW Pencils, like lay it out there, like you just can't help but respect them even more for how they handle their business. Yeah, as a counterpoint or an additional mm-hmm. point, which is in a slightly different vein, the the lengths at which Gale and Leather have gone to is also or could be seen as also the uh, potential downside of the small close-knit community that the pen and paper world is in because mm. one could argue that the lengths that they went to were not necessary for one, one uh, uh, solo complaint. Mm. I see where you're going with this, yes. But because the community is so tight-knit, one person can make a bigger impact on the overall feeling of everybody towards you. Mm-hmm. So if it got out in the community that Galen Leather's leather was destroying people's pens, there would be a bigger call for that company to explain themselves. Mm-hmm. Where if we were talking about like Moleskine, they don't care. Right. Because why should they? They have so there's so many millions of customers. Right. One person having an isolated incident or seemingly isolated incident 
it's not really worth it. You know, you kind of just, if you want to give that person a refund, do it. But like, they're not going to affect your brand most right. likely. But because right. the community is so small and the your reputation is as only as good as the perceived reputation by the community itself, mm. you are held to a higher standard. Like we, I am like the same with a lot of the ways that we run Relay FM, right? Like our audience treats us much a would treat us much more harshly than a wider audience of a larger podcast network. You know, like mm -hmm. we are put under a microscope. I like that personally because it right. keeps me honest, right. right? So like there are, we turn down certain types of sponsors because we know that the our community would not like them. But these are the exact sponsors I hear on shows that are much larger than ours or more mainstream. You know, like there's a we get like lots of requests for like medical stuff that right. we don't do. Um, or you know, like for example, there's a there is a company that does uh, like hair loss hair loss stuff and men's health things. I won't go mm -hmm. into much more detail than that, but we don't feel like it's a fit for our audience and we feel like our audience would be quite critical of it. So we turn down deals like that. Um, and it's like a similar thing of like, because so much, because our entire company is built on the back of having such a strong engaged community, that is what makes us able to do this, right? It's why we're so thankful to people because our communities enable us to produce this content. Mm-hmm. and enable us to have homes, right? Right. But if you want to have that type of community, you have to be honest to it. And that means you must be willing to be scrutinized. And the other side of having that willingness to be scrutinized is you need to make decisions and the, the outcomes of those decisions could be seen as, in typical business circles, a wild overreaction. Mm -hmm. but is important to our community. That's exactly right. And that goes back to, to put a bow on it, it goes back to my point where these decisions and more the way that you run a business, like you being you and myself and Caroline, yeah. and there's ways to make a lot more money than we make. Oh, yeah. But that is a choice to not because it compromises something about us that makes us it makes us successful in the first first yeah. place right we yeah. wouldn't be successful in the first place by compromising our morals and our exactly. integrity like you say so yeah. uh yeah i yeah i fully support these types of businesses and that's why we have you know these great communities that we have and super supportive communities and wonderful listeners and fans yeah. and readers like it's it's great like i'm 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 thrilled yeah, because I just think it's like one of those things where it is worth noting the other side, right? Yes, but like Galen clearly point. went to that level for two reasons, I would assume. This is my assumption. Is One is they were confused about it because they'd put the work in in the first place to make sure that something right. like this wouldn't happen. And then two is they don't want to be seen as uh, producing a, a product that they that it would be seen in the community as damaging to expensive products, right? Right. Like it's right. one of the worst things you can do in our subsection of the community is to make a product that damages your $1,000 Nakaya. Right. <laughs> or you're done, right? right. Like if, right. if that's the type of product that you make. So Yeah. So Galen, a lot of these companies that we love, they have a lot of give a damn 
and that's uh, not every company has that. So it puts you in the fight in the first place, though. Yep. All right, let's talk about one of our favorite advertisers. Definitely one of yours. It's one that yeah. you treat your own face to. That's our friends over <laughs> at Harry's. You know Harry's by now. Well, I want to tell you about their sharpest blades ever, which is something that Harry's has recently uh, brought to the market. Unlike some other razor companies, they don't charge you more for their product improvements. Harry's new sharper blades are still as low as $2 each. And new customers in the U.S. can redeem a trial offer of Harry's new sharper blades right now by going to harrys.com slash penaddict. Harry's Blades are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. These new blades are so sharp that in a study with people shaving four times a week, they reported that Harry's new blades, their eighth shave, was as smooth as their first. Harry's is able to do this because they own their own factory based in Germany that's been honing razor blades for 100 years. They source their steel from Sweden and own the entire manufacturing process from research and development to the factory floor, which allows them to keep those prices low and lets them confidently stand by their quality with a 100% quality guarantee at harrys.com. So, Brad, tell me something about these uh, Harry's products that you love. So here's the thing. Okay. We've been talking about these new blades for a little while now, and I don't have them yet. So I'm going to go order. I just made myself a note while you were talking, order Harry's blades. Yep. The reason why I don't have them is because they already make the best blades I've ever used in my life. They last forever, and I don't burn through them, mm. right? I just don't have the opportunity to constantly churn through blades because they're so good to begin with, and now you're telling me that the one that's available now is even better. So I'm going to have to just go order these, keep these separate from my existing sash, you know, make sure I know which one is which, and uh, do a little do a little comparison. You should future, shave so. one half of your face <laughs> with new. <laughs> See how that goes. You can give Harry's Sharpest Blades ever a try today because they have a fantastic offer for Pen Addict listeners. New US customers can redeem a Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash penaddict. You'll get a five-blade razor featuring these new sharper blades, a weighted handle, foaming shave gel with aloe, and a travel cover to protect your blade when you're on the go. Go to H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash penaddict and redeem your trial today. Our thanks to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. Continuing our theme of businessing, Mike, let's talk about pen shows. What do you say? Well, what are they? <laughs> exactly. Mm. The definition of a pen show has changed. Like, we haven't had any. Yep. Physically. In a long time, um, there hasn't been many opportunities virtually to have them. You know, some um, there's been some pop ups and some individual things, but the Detroit Pin Show coming up on November 13th, 14th, and 15th is going to be completely virtual. So they are planning on holding the Detroit Pin Show as scheduled, but with all virtual vendors, all online. So you'll have to go to, we'll have the link in the show notes to the Detroit Pin Show. Because I want you to go see, and I, I'll, I'm involved, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, but I am anxious to see if this can be pulled off. Because it's different, right? It's like, I'm, I'm very curious about how the show organizers are going to make money, right? I, that's a thing that I can't not think about, right? Because you're losing the gate, if you will, right? You have two sources of income 
as a showrunner is your vendor tables and your attendees. So this is all free for attendees. Vendors, you know, obviously have a, a table fee, but it's all going to be managed online. There's going to be um, vendor kind of meet and greets, and then there's going to be the ab- availability to book a time with these vendors that are part of the pen show to have basically a one-on-one session to see their products, learn about their products and, you know, decide if you wanted to make a purchase of their products. So I'm interested to see how this all plays out. And I definitely am going to participate in some of that. Um, Aside from that, I'm doing a virtual meet the makers panel, which I did in Baltimore. Um, in in person and this one's going to be online so i'll be have four makers with me we'll be i'll be you know hosting and moderating the panel discussion and i'll be asking questions and things like that so we're doing that on saturday and i'm just anxious in a good way not anxious nervous but anxious to see is this going to be a viable option for future pin shows to take what on is- now pen show aspect of this it's going to be the scheduling of time for vendors who are participating like you'll say hey i want to i'm looking for or i want to find out more about edison pens i'm gonna book i'm gonna pick the schedule for brian and andrea gray from 10 to 10 15 or 10 to 10 30 i don't know what the time slots are and do virtual shopping with Brian as my guide. Oh, okay. So, and then, so the vendors huh. will have all of these time slots, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, essentially is, is my understanding. Right. Where you are as a vendor, having the opportunity to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting. All right. I want to preface all of what I'm about to say here. Uh, by saying, you've got to try something, right? Don't know yes. what's going to work. Don't know what's not going to work. Oh, I have one big issue we're going to get to. So we'll see if you say it here. Okay. I think that this is something to try, but it doesn't sound like the right thing to me. Because, one, it sounds absolutely exhausting to the vendors. Um, because you are needing to be available to have conversations for that entire amount of time, which is not the way that pen shows go. Right. Right. Um, where you have downtime and like, you know, if someone's booked out the entire time one, and also like there's no walk by traffic. It's also as a purchaser, quite intimidating because mm-hmm. I like to just look at the tables. I don't want to talk to people unless I want to mm-hmm. talk to them. Right. I want to just browse right. Most of the time, although arguably you don't need to browse because you can just look at the websites already. So Mm. in theory, you have, if you want to be a browser, just look at the person's website. If you want to ask questions, book one of the time slots, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I'm just not convinced that this is the thing. So you've kind of hit on what I see is the problem and I boil it down to volume. Yeah. Right. It's impossible for you to get even close to the amount of people that could come and look at your product on a daily basis. Because Um, your time commitment is enormous. Yeah. Which at a pin show, your time commitment is enormous, but you're there. You're physically, you know, you physically chose to 
be available for anyone who walks by to sell to. Mm-hmm. And this is a little bit more direct. It's going to be a challenge. There's no doubt. I am so glad that they're doing this. And I want someone, to support this it. This is what we have been talking about the whole time. Yeah. Like, someone's got to try something. It has to be done. Because no one was doing anything. And from right. this, I mean, understandably, because what are you going to do? I mean, I have my, I think we spoke about it. I know what I would do. We can get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. what, what, even if this overall doesn't work, I guarantee people are going to take away something that they've learned. Something yep. did work or like now I've done this, I could see doing it another way. Because I kind of can understand the idea of like, Allowing for these people to be available to answer questions is an important part of the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just not sure that this is the way to do it, but I also don't have off the top of my head a better way to do that. Right. And like the people running the show, this is a lot of work to manage this. I, this is probably as much work as as doing a physical show because once you get everyone's table set up, you know, at a physical show, you're pretty set for the rest of the weekend. You know, you have to, you know, put out fires that come up and take the gate attendance, you know, but yep. this having managing a digital thing, I don't know how many vendors are participating. Um, <laughs> this is a lot of work. I'm very interested to see how this goes. And I hope everyone who listens, let me ask you, you are a pen show mm-hmm. vendor. Would you do this as a vendor? I would not commit Friday, Saturday and Sunday in my house to sit in front of a computer to have 15 to 30 minute sales block windows. Mm-hmm. It's not worth my time. Cause it's a hard sell, isn't it? Right. For, on your perspective, but I would be available for four hours on Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon. And I don't know if, I don't know if that's what they're asking. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know that level of detail. Right. But if my availability has to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, open to close, mm-hmm. It wouldn't be worth it, but if I could say, okay, knock is available from twelve to four for questions, you know, maybe that, and maybe that's how they're doing it. I I don't know totally. So then I would say, hey, that's a great time block for me. Yep. So if I was doing a pen show right now, uh, I would steal a little bit of what Detroit is doing and what you just mentioned. I think that that if that you know that is a, a an interesting idea of like. Products are available, but if you have questions on a product, these people will be available from this time to this time. But bear in mind that the product may have sold out by then, you know, like whatever. But right. my way of doing it is is basically just a glorified online store, but it enables these people to sell the product that they otherwise would have made just for the pen show. So basically... I would work with a lot of vendors, or you know, it's what I would want to do. And you have to achieve one of two things: prices you cannot get elsewhere, or mm-hmm. limited edition product. Mm-hmm. They are the two things at the virtual pen show. And so, as a consumer, that's what you know you're going to get because a lot of the time that is what you get at a pen show. So you know, I, it would be one destination, and we would have brands of different kinds, including a lot of small makers. And it's a case of like, you know that you're either going to get limited edition products from makers like Woodshed, uh, makers like Carolina Pen, right? Like the, this mm-hmm. is what you expect to get at a pen show or larger companies that have larger stock options or like even like a Franklin Christoph as well, right? It's where you mm-hmm. get limits or companies that, that come to, you know, like say like a Drum Ghouls or Vaness or uh, Anderson's and say like, you have to offer a discount, mm-hmm. which you don't have yeah. to say up front. 
but there is a that meaning that if you come and buy the stuff, then people are going to get a price discount, and that's why they're doing it. So yeah. that, that's kind of like the bones of what I think an event like this should be. But you've got to get a lot of buy-in, and that's really tricky. And there would be an element of wanting people to be around. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that you could combat... I don't know exactly how you would combat it, but there is something to be said for these makers to be able to, be able to answer questions for people. Um, and maybe, like for all I know, maybe this idea of slot booking is the way to do it because... Mm-hmm. You only have to be around at the times you've gotten booked, but mm-hmm. that could get a bit out of control. I don't know. I'm yeah. happy to see someone trying something because up to this point, nobody's done anything compelling, understandably. Right. Uh, and then hopefully as we move into the end of this year and into next year, there'll be some more options because basically I don't think that we're going to be having uh, any pen shows for... First half of next year? Maybe longer. longer. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thrilled that this is happening. I want to be part of it. I want to participate in it. I want to support it um, because they're putting their necks out to to do this. And we'll see how it goes. We obviously have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions. You know, I have a lot of things to, to think about, but we have to start somewhere. And I'm glad that Dale Pencala has, has said, hey, we're going to give this a shot. Yeah. And to do this, so I think it's great. Yep. And um, I will be uh, anxious to see how it goes. And, you know, I'll see if I can get some feedback, uh, you know, on the show. I'm sure I can. And, uh, you know, we'll see what their their pros and cons and their takeaways were from doing this. And, um, you know, and once they get feedback from all the vendors that are participating, too, you know, they'll be able to find out, like, hey, what worked for you, what didn't, things like that. So good stuff for sure. All right. You want to wrap this up on a couple of products yeah. that have passed through my hands that I have lots of questions about, but these are kind of like the first look and you're going to be hearing some some commentary on these products. Yep. First up is the Auto Hut Design 03. This is one of the pens, the newest pens that I've gotten for myself to review. Our friend Drees at the Pencil Case blog did this review of this auto hut pen. And I was like, man, that is a perfect pen for me. It looks amazing. It's really cool design. It's kind of basic, but kind of complex at the same time. Huh? Um, it's not crazy expensive. Auto hut has been around for, I don't know, a century, but they're kind of modernizing their lineup now recently. You know, they've been very classic German styled pens. And now this one is kind of like this modern take to me. They're like a mashup of Lamy and Faber-Castell, right? It's like this yeah. kind of perfect master mashup between those two companies. So it's, it's totally German, right? Like it is the perfect German company. And I ordered this pen because I wanted to f- see, like I've never reviewed an auto hut pen before. And I'm going to have a lot of thoughts on this pen. I really like it. And I really I'm really confused by it at the same time. So I just wanted to put this on your radar because I'm not sure how familiar with the, with the brand you are, but they're making some changes to their styles, to their product offerings that I think might push them up a notch in from where they've been in the past. So and the I want one, to take a look at what they're doing. The one that you're looking at is the Design 3? Oh, 3. Yes, it's an all-black kind of long, slim line, cylindrical pen, black nib. Actually, black everything, black accessories, black black clip, black nib, all of it. 
But they don't just do a black section. one, though, right? They also do rose white, dark gray, right. light gray. The rose right. white is nice. It's rose, rose gold, and white. Yeah, um, this is an interesting looking design. It kind of looks like mm-hmm. the Apple Pencil a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's got that yeah, band I've... on it, hasn't it? So they've always kind of done these metal shapes before, but they've always just been like if you know stock photo fountain pen mm-hmm. styles. You know, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but it was just never my style, right? I don't need you know your basic cross or your basic shafer, yeah. and that's what yeah. I felt like the the auto hut was. And now, yeah, the, well, they have other designs that are more by their page, like design one and design two. They're kind of a little bit pedestrian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which that doesn't mean they're good quality or bad quality. I mean, you know, they're sure they're perfectly fine. Yeah. But now I'm interested. Okay. Now we're talking modern styles, huh. you know, PVD coated nibs, you know, all black looks. You know, it's very interesting. So I'm I'm looking forward to to review this. Do they make uh, their own nibs? I I don't know. That's a good question. Okay, I, I don't they're, know. They're branded with their own branding. Yes, they're like fully. It's not just like a stamping. It's like no, a fully designed. It's designed, mm-hmm. and at least from my experience, fully designed tends to mean it's your own. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, not it depends on the scale that you're buying at, but I can't recall a brand that had such heavy, unique branding on a nib that they didn't make themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know if I can. It might be on their product pages, you know, if I, I dig a little bit it. more into their history. Yeah, I find it. You know, this is, a, like I said, this is a company that's been around since the early 1900s. So who knows? They very, very well could. Then, right? So, yep. The second product that I just got in, I got in last week, but I didn't open it until yesterday, is the Sumkin Weekly Planner. So, you know, from a couple of years ago how much I loved my. I just Sumkin found it, Brad, planner. on their website. Uh, products by Otto Hart have a stylized logo engraved into the nib, which is inspired by the Bauhaus. Oh, it just says it's engraved. Uh, I didn't find what I hoped I was finding. <laughs> they just talk about the fact that they engraved the nibs. But, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I, I, it's interesting. Maybe we can, we can find out. So we'll do a little research on that. But uh, this is, it's a really good nib. Like it's a g- very German fine nib on this mm. and you know it's just it writes well it flows well um so this sumkin sent me sent me a couple of uh paper goods sent me a notebook a re- standard notebook a slim traveler's notebook and then a 2021 weekly planner this planner very is pretty. awesome very pretty it's also awesomely expensive it's 70 euro Whoa. so wow i have a lot to say about that and this is a product we're going to talk about more it going through this yesterday it is all of the things planner right it is the full service planner it's got every calendar layout every style it's got habit tracking it's got you know the world map it's got blank pages in the back like a lot of blank pages like 40 or 50 blank pages so like this is a thorough planner right it doesn't just do one thing as a planner it's it does all the things as a planner which is good for the price point and if i was walking down the street in paris in front of the sumkin shop and walked in and saw this planner and saw it was 70 euro i probably wouldn't blink right but in relation to like what we're used to as planners as the expensive ones being half this price right you know 
you question like, well, what am I getting for this? And, you know, that's what we're going to explore, right? Sumkin's making all of these products in-house. They're basically a printer who's, who's making these products. And, you know, I say it's 70 euro as thinking it's expensive, but I'm saying also saying that as someone who is about to crack open a $130 Masubi journal. That's just a journal, blank page journal, right? So, you know, buying products, stationary products that are expensive takes a lot of thought. And I'm going to be checking this one out. I'm probably going to be giving this away, but I really want to put some thought into what are we getting here for the price? Does it feel right? And if you're going to make a commitment to a single product and you like this style and format, I wouldn't have a problem paying 70 euros. But I say that knowing that you can buy a Hobonichi Techo for half of that. Um, you can buy a Jibun Techo for half of that. And then you can buy, you know, Voyage Terms and Midoris for a third of that. So, mm. you know, it's just what you're liking, what you're looking to get out of a planner, what type of style and aesthetic, um, quality features and things like that you're getting. But I, I wanted to point that out because... I kind of can't stop thinking about it yet. Like, I could never use this planner, right? It's too much for me. I need a more simple planner. But, like, I get it. It's kind of good and kind of expensive. <laughs> it's beautiful, though. Yeah, it feels great. The The fit and finish of this is is killer. Like, they've done a good job with it. But it's expensive. <laughs> um, Can I just mention that the theme system is on sale at the moment? And you like, may. When I mean on sale, I mean on sale. It's $15, which is oh, uh, nice. 25% discount. Uh, we have some stock of version 1 that we would like to sell off before version 2 later on this year. Um, any day now, I will have final <laughs> prototype, uh, which is nerve-wracking. But the current journal is on sale for $15. Uh, it's worth remembering the layout and the system itself is unchanged from version one to version two. Uh, like when it comes to how you write your themes, how you track everything, mm -hmm. I've just made some tweaks to the design and I've added a few features for the next edition. Uh, and version two will be more expensive than version one was. So because we're putting more into it, the product um, will be a higher quality product than the original one, provided everything goes the way that I'm hoping. Um, so we'll be increasing the price because it's actually becoming more expensive for us to make it. Mm. Uh, so if you want a theme system journal, if you love the theme system journal, uh, you can pick one up for $15 um, over at cortexmerch.com right now. So this reminds me, Mike, and I won't extend this too long because I was going to put an entirely new segment in this episode on the Zettelkasten. I listened oh. to the Notes Cortex podcast huh. finally yesterday, okay. not realizing that the Zettelkasten was mentioned in there. And I have gone through this and have a lot of thoughts on that. And uh, I, I wasn't really going like to, to torture more about you. that, but not today. <laughs> not today. That's it's it's a you know it's a whole ten minute fifteen minute topic to to discuss that. But being an index card user, obviously it's very interesting to me. So um you should put a link in the show notes for anyone that wants to go find out about this note taking system called Zedelkasten. And as you say, I have no clue if I'm pronouncing it right, but I'm sure we're here from the from the audience. From the Germans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As we do. All right. That's it for today, Mike. Okay. 
All right, if you would like to find uh, links and information about this episode, you can go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 433. If you want to find Brad online, you go to penaddict.com. Uh, he is also at penaddict on Instagram and at dowdyism on Twitter, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M. I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Both Brad and myself are Twitch streamers as well as podcasters these days. Brad has an official schedule. It's Tuesdays, Thursdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, twitch.tv slash penaddict. Um, I'm a little bit more higgledy-piggledy right now as uh, my streaming setup is in beta, but I stream maybe once or twice a week at mic.live, and it's mostly keyboard-related content, and that's probably the plan. Uh, but I'm working stuff. I just got affiliate, Brad. Nice. Got affiliate last week. And I'm um, working on visual design and emotes and all that kind of stuff now. That's my next cool. big project. Uh, cool. You can go and check those out if you like too. Thank you so much to Harry's and Penn Chalet for their support of this episode. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.